Alright, hello and welcome to the 77th episode of the Killing Time Podcast. My name is Archgrave and I'm your host. Coming at you from Dayton, Ohio on November 3rd, which is Election Day of 2020. And I'm joined by my buddy Jordan Sloan, who is sitting over here, not super happy or thrilled because uh, we're not sure how the election is going to turn out tonight. But what we're doing is... uh, an episode to, uh, you know, just process the results and see what's going to happen tonight. So, welcome to the show. One of the things I want to do uh, differently for this show is I would welcome your phone calls or, um, you know, texts or whatever. Or uh, you can get on here and you can comment. Um, communicate with me any way that you know how and let me know what you're thinking. Um, I would like to hear your reactions. And, um, yeah, so... Let's get started, though, and I want to start off with a question uh, to Jordan that I think is on everybody's minds tonight, and uh, that is, what are Kanye's chances of winning tonight? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, it is 2020. Yeah. I suppose if this goes to an electoral tie, that the compromise between the democratically held Senate are... House of the Republican-held Senate might be a Kanye presidency. So I guess, I guess there is a path for Kanye uh, should should that occur. So let me just get this straight. What you're saying is there's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah, I'm <laughs> saying there's always a chance. Okay. So you heard it here first, folks. There is a chance that Kanye could win the election. So... More importantly, though, how is Ohio going? What's tell me what's happening in Ohio right now? I mean, it's the same stuff you can you can see on the news, but it is it is filling in very of course, nicely for people who don't know what's going on in the news because they don't want to watch the news. They just want to watch you and me talking about the news, <laughs> which is right now one person. So tell me, <laughs> tell that one person what is happening in Ohio. I am, I'm not a gummy bears, first of all. Oh no. Um, so, uh, actually, Biden has flipped a few counties away from uh, from Trump. Including Montgomery, right? Yes, and he's outperforming Hillary, and Trump is underperforming. So Ohio, Ohio could be, you know, uh, a good news. Right? Okay. Um, Florida, I, I know they're not calling it, but uh, I'm, I'm leaning that that's going to go to Trump. Now, why? What have you seen? Well, what we're seeing is uh, Biden is not performing as well with Latino voters, particularly in Miami-Dade County, where uh, Democrats need to run up the vote, and they, uh, they're they not doing that. Um, they're running up the vote in other areas, so they're hopefully... Uh, oh, sorry, that's my phone. They're hopefully going to make up some of those votes. I know that they they flipped ja- the county that Jacksonville's in. Um so that that could be a good sign but Trump is also overperforming in the areas he was performing in in 2016 which uh, by Florida standards right now I think Trump has a 3% lead with 93% of the vote in that's concerning uh, Florida typically is a nail biter anyway like the the Barack Obama won the state by like 9% percentage points but that's the largest they've seen from any Democratic candidate in recent memory Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, 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 Florida, Florida looking like it's going to fall from my perspective to Trump. 
Uh, so, you know, not happy about that. Uh, I think but he that, doesn't need necessarily. He doesn't need to have Florida for Biden's at least for his path to victory, right? He, he does not. Uh, so there, there's some slight positive about Ohio doing well. Ohio's doing well on the east side of Ohio as well uh, for Biden, and that bodes well moving into Pennsylvania. Um, if you look at Ohio's map, it, it's it's starting to fill in county by county. It, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. It's like 58% of the vote in or 53% of the vote in. But again, what the states are telling the news outlets and everyone else, like the AP and stuff, is that these are early voting data points. And so um, that's typically going to be younger people, Democratic voters. Um, Democratic early voting was up, but so was Republican voting. Um, and the issue now is, has Biden built up enough lead in all these states in early voting to compensate for what typically is the Republican surge on Election Day? Right. And so that's, that's kind of a point that everyone's trying to figure out. Um, I know people think this is going to come down to the courts and things. I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that viewpoint, but we'll see. So you think it's going to be this? You think it'll be decided before the courts? That it'll be just decided through the I don't. Election? I don't think we have an Al Gore, George Bush situation on our hands. I think there'll be attempts to go to the courts, but I'm not entirely convinced. Pull it up. This me? Yeah. All right. Uh, you can pull it up if you want. I don't know. It's, just, it's kind of sitting <laughs> by the door. It's very tiny. Uh, next to the heater. Yeah. So, where you can burn yourself. I think we can see everybody. Uh, if you're too hot, we can turn that off. So. Um, I mean, I'm good right it's not Oh, maybe it's off. All I was right. going to say, I don't... Oh, okay. It, no, if it's on, it's on very low. All right. Um, so if you'd like, please introduce yourself to the one person watching. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, one person watching. Uh, I'm, I'm David. I'm Arch's cousin. Yeah, so, um, and you actually, too, so you uh, you studied political science back in college before I, your current yeah, career, right? Yeah, before I switched, uh, got my second degree, my first degree was in political science. And I'm, uh, I was always, I remember being uh, interested by your... Uh, was it your thesis or your what was it? Was it your thesis that you wrote about fascism? Oh yeah, uh, um, the first thesis I wrote it marked, but yeah, fascism was a uh, a large point of study in my political science career, as well as modern American government and most of the stuff I looked at was you know happening just well within the last hundred years. I didn't really do much. What, what about the last five years? Was it? Well, that, I mean, <laughs> did it say started, anything about that? I started college in uh, in two thousand three, so the last five years weren't exactly foreseen. I, I do remember, you know, the big deal was was uh, you know, Bush versus Kerry, which seems laughable at this point. It does. I voted yeah. for John Kerry. Mm. <laughs> um, I was far more conservative at that point. School I went to was very conservative, and it was just more fun when you're young. But sure. being Bush conservative, I think, is uh, far different. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> breed. It's a bit, than, it's a bit different. Than, yeah, than the yeah. current uh, zeitgeist, conservative zeitgeist, shall we say? Yeah. Um, well, I 
you know, started off uh, asking Jordan how Ohio's going. I don't know if you've been watching results at no, all or not. No, but okay. Um, well, I will move on then and ask uh, my next question, which is for you both to predict the results tonight. What's what's going to happen? I know it's early. But, you know, it's also late in terms of the prediction game. Because <laughs> yeah, people yeah. have Pre- been predicting prediction. for a while. Maybe this is just diction at yeah, this point. Yeah, So what's happening? Well, I mean, Jordan's glued to his phone, so he probably has more updated. <laughs> I've been glued to my phone all night. Who's? But, I mean, who's going to win the presidency? Who's going to win the Senate? You know? Hopefully, I mean, I, mean yeah. I, don't, I don't see the House changing much, but maybe no, I'm it wrong. Seems, it seems unlikely yeah. with the Senate. I think it'll be far closer to 50-50 than... I mean, the Democrats might have like a seat or two advantage, but I think it'll be close. They could even end up with a tie. Mm-hmm. And then whoever wins the presidency then obviously gets the tiebreaker. I should say 538 is calling the uh, you know the presidency and the Senate for the Democrats. So, okay. I don't right. know. Yeah, you know, if mean, that... That's where they're at, at least. So, and that's great. Uh, I see Jordan. I see Jordan raising his eyebrows. So I'll just notice that as a mediator. That's right. <laughs> what would you like to say about that, Jordan? I just I think that we should take Nate Silver's predictions uh, like we would mine, just because he's labeled as an American statistician. Uh, he got it flat wrong in 2016 by ignoring some of the signs that have me and others concerned. And I didn't develop these signs. I just re- I read from other uh, political uh, scientists. One was at, uh, who was that? Was that a Harvard researcher or whoever? Uh, who's basing it on a combination of state polls and early and like early voting data and uh, demographic proportions and underperforming, overperforming. Um, that goes a lot more into that, and um, I just, you know, he Nate could be right. Um, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm, you know, going into the night, I was convinced, I would say 60-40, that Trump was going to win. But I do like what I see in Ohio, so we'll kind of wait and see. But I just, you know, I could say a lot of mean things about Nate. You and I have talked about those. <laughs> I'm going to call him Nate. Uh, as if we're friends. Because you guys are close. Yeah, we're yeah, very close. Good buddies, we're good buddies. Um, I just, uh, I, I don't like that people pretend like he's smarter than any of the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. No, that's fair. And I'll just say real quick, uh, you know, I see now we're up to two people, so we've oh, doubled oh, man. our audience Whew! reach. No, we're down to one. Oh, damn it. Uh, but, you know, if you want to call in, you know, I would be no. happy to take phone calls as well. So, uh, but... Uh, David, what about your predictions? I think it it seems likely that the popular vote would go to the Democrats, but since, for lack of a better term, there is a, a gaminess to the Electoral College, um, I think did you, it's... Did you say a gaminess? Yeah. I just fuck it. A gaminess. A gaminess. As in, like, it's, not as in, know. like, however rabbit tastes. That's not... I don't know how rabbit tastes. I but, like that. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, there, there's a... It's a gamey. It, it's, well, you know, the the winner-take-all systems in, right. in many states. and um, 
So I I, I see that both candidates have enough paths to victory, and there's so much like that we don't know in that the, with the early voting and the absentee ballots, right? Um, is going to be far more of a factor this year. So I'm sorry if I missed it, but did you predict? I didn't. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I predicted that yeah. the, the the popular vote would again go to the Democrats. Right, but the electoral the actual... college. I don't think. I mean, from I, I haven't read ton on it. I don't. There are scenarios where there could be a tie. Uh, I don't think that's likely. I think it would get really ugly if it was. Don't tell Kanye. But uh, I don't. I don't know that I have a prediction for the president because there's so many things that are unprecedented right. which is a word we've used so much this year it's true it's true um well so my my other question was going to be you know if it goes the way you think it will why will it have gone uh, that way so um you know it's hard for you to answer that right because i didn't answer your prediction yeah yeah but jordan did so tell me why jordan uh why did Perhaps Trump win if he won. First of all, Biden just lost his 10-point lead in Ohio as uh, more rural counties start to vote in, so, you know. Well, thank you for that uh, update. <laughs> so, you know, there's that saying that you and I talk about, Republicans fall in line, Democrats fall in love. Um, so, you know, Republicans generally are just going to get behind Trump. I mean, he could go out, like he says shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue or on Times Square, and they would still, you know, praise him as the second coming of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Joe Biden, uh, I think I think the big plus is that everyone remembers him as Barack Obama's VP, right? But also younger people remember him as the guy that stole it from Bernie Sanders, just like they remembered Hillary was the woman that stole it from Bernie Sanders. This is the case where Democrats fall in love, we know the younger vote um, isn't where they wanted it, obviously, um, and so that's playing a role into it. Uh, we also know out of Florida that the Latino vote, particularly Cuban Latinos, uh, Cuban Americans, um, is not what they had hoped, but they typically vote conservative anyway. So I think what's 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 playing on here is the Democrats have so many smaller groups to keep in line that some of them will just flat out sit if they feel like they're just being ignored or they're not being respected. Uh, whereas, you know, I've heard Republican after Republican say things that Trump has done that's offended them. Uh, Republicans with daughters with the grab by the pussy remark, things like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, they'll still vote for him uh, because he's the Republican candidate. And it doesn't really work that way in the Democratic circles. Let me ask this. Of both of you, do, do the Democrats need more single issue uh, things? Because that seems to be why like, you've got your single issue defense voters, you've got your single issue abortion voters, you know, you've got um, people in the Republican Party that will not vote for a Democrat because of one issue. And I don't think the Democrats have that. I think the biggest single issue has been. Against you know like that they would be voting you know against Trump that they wouldn't have cared who was running against him. Yeah. Um, but can being anti one individual person in the United States carry you throughout? 
Probably like, not. Well, I, they, I think it's right that they the there isn't that loyalty or that certainty um, for the for the non single issue voter versus someone who does just say yeah this is what I care about or even like a two like you know guns and babies or whatever it is. Hmm. Um, but it's you know I, I think the things that Democrats might line up a single issue behind are much more complex like uh, health care for all or um, you know that's actually the only one that really comes to, like the the big one that people would care enough about to make a single issue mm-hmm. over other things yeah because I mean I was literally down on the I was filling up gas in Dayton at the corner of Kiwi and Wayne and I was just struck by the fact that the person that was yelling through a loudspeaker about like being anti-war and Trump's going to get us out of foreign wars was a Republican. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, the Republicans seem much more agile these days on issues than the Democrats. And mm-hmm. they seem to be able to cater to these people who are like single-issue voters. Mm-hmm. Or people who just, like, they could just change, they're just willing to change their, you know, like, long-held beliefs about mm-hmm. these really important issues to, like, capture new votes, it seems like. And it's interesting to me that they seem more agile nowadays. I mean, Trump has certainly shown an, an agility in that sense. I at least feel like that's because he didn't have a an inflection point to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, that That his target was always going to be just the most fill in the blank, whatever that was, so... Any disaffected person. Yeah, anyone that he could rally to his cause, or, you know, even in his general direction. Um, So, I think... I think... I don't know that the base has been as agile. I think there's... Those are probably just under... Like, the anti-war guy might just have been an underrepresented portion of the conservatives that maybe Trump has given a voice to. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What do you, th- Jordan, what do you think? So I think the Democratic Party has is trying to position, position itself to make a single issue out of human rights as they see it, right? So that is rights of the LGBT community, uh, right? That's the rights of minority communities when it comes to policing, those kinds of things. And I think, you know, as a Democrat, those are things that we should be pushing for. But I also think those things push moderate Democrats over into Trump land because they are, they're afraid for some reason, as if, like, by, by tackling the issue of, of um, policing as it relates to minority communities, that somehow going to hurt them as individuals, right? Or by allowing marriage to exist between two people of the same-sex couple is somehow going to tract away from their marriage license as a heterosexual couple. Uh, And I think some people get pushed away. Uh, They'll claim other reasons, obviously, but I think this comes back to a culture war kind of thing. Um, And, um, I mean, both sides have people who are fearful for their lives, right? Right some of which is over-exaggerated, right? Um, but it's, uh, it's insensitive to say that to somebody's face, but 
um, you've got on the right, you've got people saying, you know, they're coming to take our guns, they're coming to turn us gay. I mean, literally, I'm not making a joke. They're literally t- or, uh, thinking this kind of stuff. They're they're making us eat fake meat to make our testosterone go lower. I mean, this is stuff people actually believe, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so these are the ones saying, if Trump doesn't win, it's civil war, which to be, you know, to anybody out there considering this, um, to be clear, there will be no second civil war. There will be terrorist attacks, much like you see in the Balkan states, uh, or, the, or what you saw in the Balkan states. There will not be a direct lining up and shooting at each other. The federal government is too powerful for that. Um, so you have these white militia groups threatening war. You've got Sean Diddy Combs the other day uh, threatening violence on the streets if Biden doesn't come, you know, uh, out the victor. Um, what's that group? Uh, they've been around since, like, the 60s. They're Af- African American. They hold their gun. No, they're 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 not Black Panther. There's some other group. Um, they're a militia that's existed for decades of black people who uh, who are trying to raise other black people to be self sufficient, to live off the land, to have guns, to defend themselves, kind of thing. And so you've got all these groups who are afraid for their lives and feel like the government's not protecting them, who are now going beyond the government to look at each other and like fear each other and want to hurt each other and. I think that's more disturbing than, than anything else. I'm sorry to take it off the offshoot, but I think if you follow my logic, we're at another culture war. I think social media and its ability to spread news that is not accurate uh, has caused a lot of panic, a lot of undue stress, a lot of misleading information, which has led to now people at each other's throats who want to just basically incite violence. And so it's I think it's concerning. Do I was, do they want to incite violence, or are they so scared they're willing to incite violence? Well, I think some groups actually are looking for any excuse, right? I don't think your average Republican who says it's Civil War time, if Trump doesn't win, is actually going to do it, right? My fear is the Timothy McVeigh type of groups, right? The ones that come out of the woodwork, who feel encouraged by some speech someone gives. Um, and that's why I think it's critical for the president to mind his words, uh, you know, um, uh, because you just you don't want another Oklahoma City, you don't want another uh, uh, Atlanta Olympics, um, you know, you don't you don't want any of that stuff going on. But that I think those are the people that are my fear more than just you know the bulk. I think a, a very fringe minority can make a lot of trouble for a lot of us. But then to take that logic, and this is more of a thought experiment yeah. than anything, isn't that what we did in the 1770s? I mean, we were they were terrorist group they felt like their way of life that the current status quo could not continue Mm -hmm. that something had to be done and violence was the only way to do it I'm not saying that's the right call now but there are I think a lot of parallels that aren't considered because that's exactly you know if you know they have to water the the tree of liberty with the blood of tyrants and you know if i only had but one life to give for my country are kind of venerated ideas in america but if you heard someone saying that now holding an ar-15 it takes those exact same words take a completely different meaning yeah i think in this instance i'm definitely a tory i'm not going to refute that (laughs) um i also think that it's important to recognize who the founders were um, the founders were not people who were out to give liberty and justice for all. That was that was kind of a side project. They were mostly businessmen who financed the whole war. And so what they were looking for is the ability to 
be business owners without paying a huge chunk to their taxes, right? And so they sparked this war, they financed this war, and at the side of it they said, well, we're going to fight this war for independence and then we're all going to figure out what our government should look like, right? And so they finance the war, they fight the war, they are essentially terrorists, as I'm calling these groups. I mean, we can put that out there. Um, they win. And here's how you know it was more about business than people. The, the way that they get the Constitution passed after, after the Articles of Confederation fall is they specifically set up meetings to where they're looking for the actual like low-level farmers, farm workers and farmers to be in their fields when they're casting votes on certain aspects of the, of the Constitution. Um, and that's how you get this whole idea that, well, unless you own land, you can't vote. Uh, unless you're a male who owns land, you can't vote. Uh, this is how we're going to proportion the House. This is how we're going to proportion the Senate. Like, this is how how um, we're going to get... That's my old Pope. Oh, sorry. sorry. Old Pope. Yes, that one. This yeah. is how we're going to get um, the federal government funded, which turns out that all they did was make the debts indebted to the, the federal government, or the states indebted to the federal government. I mean, yeah. And, and these people, I think, think like that's another level that they've risen to, but I think that their ulterior motive in the background is that they're just afraid that they can't control every aspect of the life around them and the world around them, just like the founders, and I think that's also driving this case. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like the, you know, people say 50s and 60s, how you can go to 80s and 90s, where it was still a gamble to come out as gay, or it was still, you know, uh, not, not as... Uh, uh, exciting or sought after to have a woman CEO and things like that. So I think from a lot of perspectives, these people have seen the world change in their lifetime and they feel like they have no control, sort of like the founders. I think that maybe their convictions are a little more than the founders. But in case you can't tell, I have a jaded opinion of the founders. Yeah, yeah. It's coming through a bit. A little bit. It's okay. I mean, I'm still not seeing that many unparalleled. Nope. today because I do I, 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 I don't know I wasn't there but you know a good way to sell something is nationalism um, and so to tell the, the people that were going out with muskets you know it, this is yeah. for freedom this is all of that it just you know <laughs> you lost your one person <laughs> oh man it's okay. They it shows up later, so lots of people still watch it afterward. Okay. So. Um, you know, it, there are a lot of parallels there. Whether you know, I I I am not advocating for a second American Revolution. <laughs> I don't think that's. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sign up. <laughs> yes, I would be a Tory as well in this specific scenario. But you know, I I do have I have sympathy. And even empathy for those people who you know, like no, like this is this is it. We have to, they are defending their beliefs or way of life to the hilt, and you know I, I get that. I can respect that to a point until what they're defending is their ability to control someone else's life to fit their worldview. So, like for example, for thirty-five years of my life. Right out of the womb, I've heard people are, you know, I've heard my uncle, he's actually buried his guns in the ground at one point when I was a kid. 
in this special casing that he said the FBI could come out and scan his backyard and they wouldn't find his guns. I've heard that for decades. That they're coming to take our guns. They're coming to take our guns. They're coming to take our guns. Uh, yeah, people still own guns. People still own lots of guns. I live in a rural community. I own guns. Right? No one's coming I to too my own door. I own guns, and I'm a real liberal Yeah, no person. one's coming to my door. Now, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that someone one day isn't going to try to come take your guns, but it's like, is that a potential? Yes. Is there a sign that that's happening? Not really. I mean, I guess you could call controls on ammunition uh, one aspect of taking the guns away, but at the end of the day, you still have those guns, and you can still purchase ammunition, and people are stockpiling it, and I get that. Um, but I, I think where my I think where my empathy ends is when it comes down to like the group Timothy McVeigh and Rudolph. Uh, what was his first name? Something Rudolph. Uh, the Oklahoma City, or not Oklahoma City, the Atlanta City bomber. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, they came from a very, very specific... Oh, we got our viewer back, by the way. Yay! <laughs> I just want to say, viewer. if anybody wants to call in, please give me a call if you know my phone number. If not, just message me and I'll send it to you. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so anyway, they belonged to a very fringe group of militia groups that were bent on basically forcefully forcing America back into one... Not just one religion, but one specific viewpoint on a religion. Um, and and so, like you said, I, I respect people who have thought this out and have tangible things to point to. Not so much the people who I feel like are just trying to use an excuse to force certain worldviews on others. I don't know if that makes any sense. But I, I can respect a good we're concerned about several different civil liberties versus we're just really concerned that gay people can marry and women can have jobs. Because that's essentially what Timmy the McVeigh and friends were despising. That I'm like, oh. I lost my empathy for you. <laughs> so let's take a break here for a second and advertise my business. <laughs> the, the one that you're going to retire from? Yeah, oh, we lost our viewers. All right. Yeah. That's okay. I'll yeah. still do it anyways. Uh, so if anyone wants to come and stay and relax in a nice little Airbnb where you can just get away from it all, go down to Southern Ohio, um, you can check out my Airbnb. And uh, it's uh, Ripley River House on Facebook. And, oh, good, we got a viewer back. That's it's great. Amanda. <laughs> hey, shut up, man. Don't say... I'll see who it is. You can just come out and sit with us. We'll find room. Oh, we got two viewers. Oh, we got two. Oh, there, yeah, that there we go. Blast. Oh, wait, that's me. Oh, well, <laughs> damn it. All right, well, we're um, But yeah, you can check that out on Facebook, and you might enjoy it. Uh, I told my friend to give us a call. He might. We'll see. Uh, Mike, okay. give, Mike, give us a call, Mike. Oh, he is. All right. Where's, all where's right. this? We got our first, first caller. Who's this? My friend, Mike. Hello? Art, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm good. Have you have you been watching it all, or are you just cold calling? Nope i I have been watching since about six o'clock. Oh, nice. Okay, so what what's going on as you see it? Well, the way I I haven't been surprised by anything yet. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, the big story so far is has been Florida, of course. Um, that's gone back and forth pretty much the whole cycle. I'm not necessarily surprised that it's looking like it's going to go for Trump so far. 
Um, so, you know, like I said, as I see it right now, I, I'm not surprised by anything. So, uh, what about you? Well, I'm just let me follow up because you're, I mean, you, you, you've been following it. You, you think Biden's going to win, right? I, I do. I, I do, and I, I don't think it's going to be all that close. I know I was I was looking at some polls again uh, this morning, like I do every day, and, and I'm thinking, you know, based on, on those, I think uh, it's probably going to be around 330 to 350 for Biden. Um, I, I, I could be wrong. But, you know, I, I, I feel pretty good about that. So you're not worried about I, Florida? I don't think... I'm not worried about Florida. I, I think, um, you know, it's one of those states where it's, for Biden, it's nice to have, but it's not necessary. Um, you know, he. I'm, I'm more concerned about Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Minnesota and those, those states. Um, but... I, I think Florida is just one of those where it would be nice to have it, but not necessary. Whereas for Trump, he has to have it. If he doesn't have it, uh, and Texas is the same way. If he doesn't have it, uh, you know, he has no chance. Right. How how is Pennsylvania looking? I have not seen so. Two percent. Well, it's it, it's looking it's looking like it's going to go for Biden. Um, the last the last polls I saw, he was up a few a few points um but you know there's gonna be some uh what's the word i want to use <laughs> shenanigans so we, i don't think we'll find out what really happens with uh with pennsylvania for a couple of days i think if biden jumps out to a, a big lead here tonight then we'll have a pretty good idea that they'll win it but if it's close yeah i don't think we'll we'll find out till a few days from now. Gotcha. So what, let me ask that of everyone here. When are we going to actually find out who won? <laughs> so. Well, and, and, and I think... Okay, we got one Thanksgiving. Turkey, turkey. Say that again? We got, we got one vote for Thanksgiving from my friend David here. <laughs> Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, I think we'll find out before then. Uh, just barely. Um, like I was saying, I think if in the key the key swing states, if we look at if we look at Pennsylvania and we look, you know, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, um, if Biden really does well in those states, then I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion. If they're close, then it's probably going to be a week or so. So we really have a good idea. So, I mean, it's hard to say when we'll, you know, we'll know for sure. But I think, you know, depending on how things go tonight, I think we'll have a pretty good idea in the next day or two. I gotta say, I see some people shaking their heads, so I gotta check in about that. Uh, David and Jordan. No, no, I actually was shaking my head. I think it's gonna be about seven days. Oh, okay. So you think it'll be a while? Well, I think, I mean, especially if, I mean, maybe I'm just having too many flashbacks to uh, Florida in 2020, but <laughs> if it does come down, I mean, it, it's, 
more than conceivable, it would come down to like a single state or a state or two. Um, and you know, they've already the, the Trump has already said you know he has his army of lawyers, as it were, uh, ready to fight tooth and nail. And so, you know that that could take a real long time. Well, let's talk about that. Who has who has more money for their army of lawyers and for like advertising? It seemed like. And this was true in 2016. Hillary ran away with Trump on advertising. Biden ran away with Trump on advertising. Mm-hmm. Did it matter? Will it matter for, you know, challenges later on in court? I mean, I think the advertising is, is targeting the, the, the day of the election. I mean, you would... It's what's set up. You'd like to think, like, the, the judiciary has no... Like, advertising probably shouldn't have an effect on they do but of course it does <laughs> in that they're humans but i don't think more advertising after the election would have much impact maybe not for the judiciary but are you talking you also agree you think it won't for the presidential like i mean not advertising but just money in the bank that they can spend on lawyers for oh, court, that'll, court that, challenges okay yeah um i mean that matters and I, but i I don't. I think the fact that the money's there matters. I think both sides have people with deep in their pockets that are invested enough that the money isn't going to be what wins one side or the other. Yeah. Okay. Because they both have deep deep enough pockets to render the question moot. That makes sense. I'm just waiting for President Trump and Attorney General Barr to find some way. To get Barr to defend him in court, <laughs> so he doesn't have to pay for a lawyer. We're all waiting for that. Because you know he always likes to use these government agencies for personal use. Uh, so why not? He views the attorney general as his personal lawyer. Yeah, I mean, I I wait to see what happens with that regard as well. So let's let's talk about Nate Silver <laughs> because why? I know I know Jordan loves him. Mm-hmm. I don't know Big how fan. you feel about him. <laughs> I enjoy listening to 538 podcasts, I will admit. Okay. Um, I think that 538 gets a very bad rap because people don't listen to it. Uh, they just see the prediction, and so they, they don't actually listen to what Nate Silver and other people tell mm-hmm. their audiences, which is... Yeah, there are. You know, this is the. These are the odds according to the polls. That's basically all Nate Silver is telling people. These are the odds according mm-hmm. to the polls. The polls could be wrong, and that's what they say all the time. So I don't blame Nate Silver. I blame people's stupidity for like not really interpreting what people, what Nate Silver and people at Five Three Eight say. Mm-hmm. But I know you don't agree. Don't know how you feel. Please discuss. Well, I, you know, the, the old joke, well, there's, you know, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Mm-hmm. And I, I think <laughs> people do put emphasis on the polls, but it, it ends up not mattering in that people are going to do what they're going to do, no matter what a poll says. Um, I think polls can influence people, like, oh, you know, if my guy or gal or whoever is is winning, maybe that gives you more or less impetus to vote. But I I understand the statistics, and they're, the, they're 
I don't know of an alternative. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, it seems like either... I mean, he's obviously not lying, to me, right. in my mind. So, like, he's either wrong uh, because he's dumb or <laughs> because the polls are wrong. And yeah. to me, the, the polls being wrong is entirely believable. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's dumb, I but I do believe the polls can be wrong. No, Absolutely. Certainly. Certainly. So, um, I guess that's the question, is... You know how wrong are the polls, really? So, Mike, what do you think? Well, I want I want to jump in here because I want to first. I want to I want to talk about uh, br- uh, just briefly the last the last point, which was uh, talking about who has the deeper pockets. And I want to point out one fact is that uh, Biden is the first candidate who has raised over a billion dollars for a campaign. That's not just me saying that. You can I mean you can Google that. That's a that's a fact. Um, now, whether or not that translates to who's got deeper pockets for lawyers and, and that sort of thing is a different question, but I wanted to bring that point up. Um, no, that's a good and point. then, go ahead. No, I just said that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he's raised more money than anybody has ever raised, and it, it seems, I know it seems like we, all we ever see is, is Trump and, and his uh, his lovely orange face everywhere, but that's because he's outspent Biden in, in the, uh, the YouTube and the Twitter and, and social media and that sort of thing. That's the only place where he's outspent Biden. Uh, everywhere else, radio, TV, print has all been Biden. So that's, that's something that, you know, to kind of keep in the back of your head. Um, and as far as, worries me as, far as that's polling exclusively goes, what I uh, watch now. So <laughs> I, so I'm sitting here watching YouTube and stuff and I'm like, holy shit, it's all Trump on these ads, you know? And like, finally I saw some, towards the end of the, you know, campaign cycle, I finally saw some Biden ads, but on YouTube, on, on streaming services, it seemed like it was all Trump. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting that uh, Trump has kind of put all of his eggs in the social media YouTube basket, and and Biden has pretty much spread it out all over the place. I think because so dependent on social media now, Trump has more money because we see his face everywhere, and I don't think that's the case. I think it's just where he's spending his money. Mm-hmm. Not that he has more of it; it's where he's putting it. Well, and I, I know not everyone, I mean, even I just recently got into YouTube, so I know not everyone's into streaming services, but I am worried that that's a big part of the piece that I feel like Biden needed to turn out was younger voters, and they would tend to watch that more than older voters, at least. So, so I just want to point out yeah. that as we've been talking, uh, they've worked their way a huge chunk of the early votes and they're starting to do a combination of today's voting and as they're doing that Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania and Ohio all went red uh, now we're up to 23 Ohio's more than half um, once you get to the 25 mark you can start seeing trends um, so I just want to point out Biden can't lose all of those and if Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania are starting to throw warnings now it concerns me he's not going to win all three of those. And he needs all three of those if he loses Florida. Plus, Virginia now has well over half the votes in, and Trump's leading there. 
which Trump's leading in Virginia. Yes, which is a state that we need to win because yeah. Hillary won it. So this could change. Obviously, I get that. I'm just saying that the early stuff was early voting data, so we need to see if that holds for today in terms of people who voted for today. Right. Yeah, yeah, and of course we're, we're talking about uh, we're talking about polls that were from earlier today or, or before, and it's not necessarily reflective of what's actually going to happen. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean we have to have a little bit of caution, uh, but overall I'm I'm pretty confident in the way it's going to turn out. I don't like I said at the beginning I don't see any surprises so far, um, but yeah I take your point. I think we've at least settled that Texas is not going red. Uh, that has, or blue. That has been settled now. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't see. Te- I don't see Texas going uh, by not not yet. Maybe in a couple years. Uh, it's certainly trending more purple than it has historically. Uh, but I still think at the end of the day, uh, Trump will take it. But I think it'll be. I think it'll be pretty close. Um, and I will say the same thing for Florida. I think you know it's certainly trending that way that Trump will take it. But again, I think it's going to be fairly close. I'm, I'm interested in, in North Carolina and Georgia, um, but we'll see. All right. So um, let me ask about this: What happens after the election? Like, regardless of who wins, uh, are we? Are people gonna move, you know, to other countries? Are we gonna are we gonna try to, you know, have some kind of unity? What what's I will make this joke. You know, many people pick on the US even before Trump about our supposed strict immigration policies. But anyone who's even looked to immigrate uh, immigrate to even just Canada knows that there are there are restrictions in place that somewhat exceed ours and then it's worse if you go to Europe especially the UK uh, or Germany or New Z- or if you go to the southern hemisphere like New Zealand uh, so I think it's I think it's interesting that all these people think that all these countries that I would love to live in by the way uh, have such a wide open border policy uh, when really they don't and so I think a lot of people need to research first, where could you actually move to versus where do I want to move? Well, let's start with where do you want to move? New Zealand. Why? Well, not just because of Trump, but one, I want to live in the land of the hobbits. All right. I visited there. It's a great country. And they have one of the best socialized healthcare systems uh, in the first world. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. Yeah, this seems to be a thing that pops up every every four years. Well, so and so wins, and I'm moving to Canada. And no, you're not. You're you're not going to move to Canada. You're not going to move to Canada because the the same reason people don't generally move from country to country because of the country you grew up in, and it's a country that you know and understand. At least, I mean, as much as we can understand a country. But, but that's no fun. Yeah, like, it, where would you move <laughs> if you could move? Where would you? Go? Yeah. Put the presidency aside. Where would you go? <clears throat> oh God. Uh, I don't know. I've always had this kind of. I have some uh, some Irish background. I've always kind of wanted to go to, to Ireland, but yeah, that's a great. Uh, that would be. Yeah, cool. I don't know. 
I mean, it's well, it's a hard question to ask because, or to answer because that you know the very thing I was saying is you know right. it, no, you can't just it's hard to I mean you have to change everything that you know and understand to to move to a different country and then and people say it every four years and it's like no you're not going to do that you're not going to move just because the person you don't like won uh, like no it's not that's not you're not going to do that. The only bad thing is learning to drive on the other side of the road. Other than that, <laughs> I think it's fine. Uh, I think you'll be great. So I didn't want to move until I started getting my cancer treatment bills, and then I was like, time to move. <laughs> David, what about you? Where would you go? I know you said it's no fun to say people wouldn't move, but I don't think I would move for these reasons. A, um... I've lived in many places and many, not many, but like very different places. Like for a while I was living in inner city Detroit. For a while I was living in like rural Northwestern Ohio. And I think the argument can be made those were as culturally different as, or maybe even more so than moving to, you know, another Western first world country. Um, and I, I do think that there is an impetus or a, a duty is probably a strong word, but like instead of just leaving, try and make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, everything, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, as they say. I don't think, you know, those those other places have their own problems, but I would rather have the, de- the devil I know and then work to, against that to make it better than <clears throat> just, you know, taking off for parts unknown. Sure. So. Yeah, and I agree with you, and I think too many people get, in, in their anger, want to move, right? But, like, I know you've probably done this with Bosnia. I've spent kind of three years working on this with New Zealand about this is what I would expect to make, this is what my standard of living would be, this is what my cost would be, this is what their insurance would cover. Um, like, I've, I've done a lot of research into this one, you know, and I still haven't decided if I'm going to go, but I think a lot of people think... I'm going to cross that border, and it's going to be night and day difference. And sometimes it's not that case, right? And it could not be that case even if I moved over there. You're right. Other countries have, have their problems. So I think the biggest thing uh, is research where you're going um, and make sure that that's where you think you want to be. Yeah, it's, it's sort of a knee-jerk reaction. We would say, well, I, I don't like the results of this, so I'm going to move. But I think, like, I mean, it's just, it's just that. It's just a major reaction. People aren't going to move. I mean, anyone who moves from country to country is because of some enormous socioeconomic factor, whether it's, you know, a, a civil war or genocide or something like that. People don't just pick up and move to a new country just because they don't like the guy who won the election, generally speaking. I mean, to me, I can see it because uh, I don't, so like, my biggest fear, not biggest fear, that's that's a a gross overstatement, Uh, so let's say the Democrats actually pull it off and they, they win all three, they get the House, the Senate, and the Presidency. And we still don't end up with, uh, you know, like, Medicare for all. That's going to be bullshit to me. And I'll be like, you know, like, there's no hope for this country. 
So that would be my like motivation for wanting to go to a different country is like even the Democrats aren't going to deliver on the kind of country I want to live in. Um, but that's so New I'm Zealand's at. the only one I've looked this up on. Um, but in New Zealand, and actually when we were there with the, with the students, we were talking to uh, the tour guide who was from New Zealand. And their healthcare system is socialized and also privatized. So what happens is, kind of like what I have with my athletic cancer policy that I thank God every day I've got before I was diagnosed. Uh, anyway, uh, they give like a basic, like here's basic level treatment, here's, you know, basic level uh, medication, care, doctors. Then like if you want, like for example, kind of similar here, Actually, if you want uh, an eye doctor or you want to cover other things outside of the scope, there's private sectors that you can go through as, like, a median. So it's not like the state has a monopoly. Right. The biggest thing that New Zealand's government does compared to ours is they negotiate drug costs on behalf of the whole country. So now right state isn't competing against UD and UD getting a different rate than right state getting a different rate than Ohio state. Basically, and, and that's where I think a lot of the interesting stuff comes in. You know, Gleevec in the United States without insurance is $10,000, right? Um, with insurance, it can be as high as $2,000 a month, right? Which is the medication I take. But in uh, New Zealand, it's $150 a month because basically the government steps in and says, you can't sell for higher than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and miraculously, these drug companies somehow are like, okay, and they do it, right? Humira is the same way in Europe. Um, in Britain and in Germany, it's like $100, $150 a month uh, here in the U.S., and that's that's what they charge, and then the citizens get even more on top of that, right? But here in the U.S., you have to buy it on your own. It's, it's $2,000 a, a syringe. Like, it's just unreal. Uh, because our government allows the free market, quote unquote, to dictate what these companies can do. Mm-hmm. The the third thing I want to say is I I want to bitch about specifically Gleevec, which is the drug I take. Gleevec was actually funded by the NIH, right, through a research grant, mm-hmm. right. So the entire research portion was funded by taxpayers, right, and then. One pharmaceutical company hosted the research facility, and when it became a product, um, that pharmaceutical company charged as if they developed and researched and developed, right? And so taxpayer money was given to basically develop this free money-making drug for this drug company, uh, who then turns around and basically pillages and burns the American people on the cost, even though taxpayer money funded the research. Like, all of it. Not part of it, not some of it, all of it. Uh, and that's the frustrating point to me is not only are these people getting away with murder, they're taking taxpayer money and then doing it again. Like it's just ridiculous what we allow to go on. Um, and I would ha- I'd be happy to pay more in healthcare cost if it meant nurses and doctors and people who actually care for patients made more money. But that's not where the money goes. When all this gets done, it goes up to the upper parts of the hospitals and to pharmaceutical companies and to managers. It doesn't trickle down to the people actually caring for patients. And I think that's the other thing that pisses me off about it as well. So. Uh, and you can make the same argument about, uh, about oil and fossil fuel. It's not about, oh, we can't afford it or we can't do this, we can't do that. It's because, you know, that's not where the money goes. The money goes to to the big oil companies and 
and that's where they want to keep the money. It's the same thing. It's it's just because it's a necessity doesn't mean it's not a business. Right. And I think the confusion a lot of people have when they when they think of socialism is they think it's all government owned and there's no profit, which is actually not the case. Uh, there is still profit to be made in socialized countries like Italy, Britain, Germany, uh, Japan, Australia, New Zealand. Um, there's profit to be made. All that socialism does is, is at a very basic level, citizens have these uh, services available to them, but there's still profit. It's not like communism, uh, which really doesn't exist if you look at China, really. Uh, China is just basically an authoritarian regime operating a pseudo-capitalist uh, government economy uh but it's like people seem to get confused that socialism doesn't mean you take away profit profit does drive research i get that but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be to the extent of making these drugs so far out of reach of average americans uh just to make a buck I am someone in the healthcare industry. You know, you're the most authoritative in some ways. On in the, some way. Well, I mean... Not in all, but... The, I couldn't be happier that I don't have to deal with money in my role in the nurse. And you know, it's my job to care for people, and I don't care, uh, so to speak, how much you make, how much money you have, um... I'm just going to do the best I can for the human that's in front of me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's an ideal um, that, that should be uh, that should be followed, and I follow it. Um, but I do understand that you know some, somewhere along the line, money has to come into it. I do wonder if the whole paradigm is so twisted, for lack of a better term, that it's going to be very hard to dig out, and um, it seems, especially since America isn't great at radical change, most of the changes have been very slow. <laughs> Even the the landmarks are just points in time. Um, you know, the radical shift it would need to get away from the paradigm that has become the norm you know I, I'm kind of I understand where you're coming from Arsh that you know will we ever get there will this ever be a country that is able to shift away from that because I, I do think there are some bigger ethical even moral questions that there aren't currently great answers to in America mm. yeah I, I so I, I want to make two points and that the first one is going back to the socialism thing people don't understand uh, what socialism means or what communism means if you ask the average you know trump person uh what socialism means they're not going to be able to give you a definition they're just going to say well you know it's something that the democrats support which is nonsense um and the second point that i make is uh, what you were just alluding to, <clears throat> and that was that you know we we well I'm trying to think how I want how I word this. Um, you know I'm not, I'm not really sure how to word it. 
<laughs> Let me come back to it. Okay. Well, while you're thinking of that... <laughs> I'll think about it for a second. I, I, yeah. I, I want to make my point, but I don't remember how I really want to say it. It's okay. While, while you're thinking of it, let's uh, check in on what the results are looking like with Jordan, because he's been watching them most closely. So, uh, let's give us an update. So, Trump has expanded his percentage lead in Pennsylvania to 6%. In Michigan, I gotta, I gotta have them come back out. See, the problem is, in Michigan, a lot of the big Democratic counties are hot, are in, they've reported high, like, they've processed more votes than some of the traditionally Trump counties, and he's still in the lead. Hmm. That's what's, that's what's concerning. Yeah, that's not good. Like, Detroit is apparently underperforming from where it should be. Yeah, so, yeah, Biden has, Trump has an 11-point lead right now in Michigan, even with the Democratic counties reporting. In Michigan, 11 points. Yeah, and Biden is performing worse in some of those counties than Obama. And Biden's losing in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania, is, at least, doesn't look as bad as, as, as Michigan, but again, there is that six-point lead for Biden or for Trump. So right now, uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin are still holding the Trump leads. It's obviously, you know, thirty percent, forty percent, not enough to, you know, go ahead and start packing your bags for Canada. But it's it's hmm. interesting. Okay. Yeah, the thing is. You know, Obama, or Obama. <laughs> I wish uh, Trump has to win essentially all of these swing states uh, to to win the election. And I, I mean, I, I know, I know, I'm biased, but I don't see how that's, I don't see it's possible. See, that's that's what I thought about Hillary in 2016. I was like, there's no way she's gonna lose all five of the battlegrounds, and then like she did. I was like, now I'm just kind of well, like, uh-oh. And here's, here's, so here's my counterpoint to that. Is, you know, I've heard that a lot, and it's, it's not, I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss your point. No, no, it's fine. The, you know, back then, in, in 2016, everybody, Hillary and the DNC, and all the pollsters just kind of ignored all those states that were traditionally Democratic states because they just assumed that she was going to win. And, I mean, Hillary herself didn't step foot in Wisconsin. I don't, I think it was Wisconsin, uh, during the whole campaign because she assumed that she was going to win. Uh, obviously, that didn't turn out to be the case. And, I, you know, Biden hasn't made that mistake. So that's why anytime I hear that argument, well, you know, the polls were wrong in 2016. Mm-hmm. I go, well, yeah, but... No, uh, I, I get that. I, I, mean, I agree with my, that point. That's my point. I agree with that point. My my question that remains is, are they still jaded, the Democrats, for ignoring them, uh, is my question. Is Biden enough to bring them back and say, hey, they're paying attention to us now? Or are they going to turn out like the young voters who feel ignored by the Democratic Party? That's, that's what I'm trying to watch. But I totally get your point. I actually subscribe to that viewpoint about... Arch and I were talking about this the other day, how Biden's actually campaigning in states that Hillary took for granted. So, yeah. So, yep. my, my thing is... And, with and this... to play devil's advocate, I, I would say, you know, it, it's not so much the question of 
whether Biden is enough to get them into that column. It's whether or not they hate Trump enough to yeah. get into that column. Whether or not what? Whether or not they dislike Trump enough. Oh, right. I don't think they do, though. That's my problem. So, um, that's my fear, is that they don't dislike Trump enough, and that they think... There are many people who think Biden is nearly as bad as Trump, and that, to me, is a little bit unbelievable, but it's true, um, that some people think that Biden is just trump light, basically. I'm not necessarily convinced of that. I, I mean, oh, I, I think, think you can people make that, that point in 2016. <laughs> I, you know, I myself, I didn't, I didn't care for Hillary Clinton all that much myself. Um, but I don't, I'm not necessarily convinced that people think the same way about Biden as they did about Hillary Clinton. I, um... I don't think they feel the same way because I do think sexism plays a role in it as well. Um, but I do think that people think that Biden is not, he's not genuinely, uh, you know, he, he shies away from the label liberal, right? So, um, you know, he's definitely not a democratic socialist, right? (laughs) And so... Um, so people are upset by that, and there are a lot of people, I think, that don't support him because of the the fact that he's not far left enough. Well, and I think, you know, that's, that's kind of a fine, a fine line to walk. You want to be, you know, left enough that you, you know, that you attract the people who are far left, the Democratic Socialists, the, the Bernie supporters, but not so far left that, you know, you've got people on the right who go, oh, look at these socialists over here. Well, and then this, you kind of alienate that part of the of the electorate. I agree. And this is where I have to, like, wonder, like, this will be, for me, uh, a very important election because we will have had two candidates in a row who attacked towards the center and said, let's not be too liberal, and definitely let's not be democratic socialists, and let's literally shun the same candidate (laughs) than Bernie Sanders, Uh, right? And so, for better, and and if I'm wrong, and he wins, then great. They should probably tack towards the center. But if not, and he loses, is it because, you know, they're not getting younger voters? Yeah, and actually that reminds me of the point I was trying to make earlier that I forgot about. Uh, the socialism thing, you know, they, <laughs> Trump wants to talk about uh, how socialism is a bad thing, yet we, we neglect the fact that we were at Walter Reed, which is the socialist funded. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't so, matter. Hypocrisy doesn't matter anymore. Like, I, I, I think we should all be crystal clear on that. Hypocrisy doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm saying on both sides because, you know, like, uh, in all fairness, Joe Biden being, you know, accused <laughs> of all the things that he's been accused of, um, you know, clearly didn't matter <laughs> for this election. Uh, we can ignore it until the general, at least, and then we can, I, I guess, because because uh, he's very creepy, and uh, so that clearly didn't matter. And uh, 
I, you know, I think both both sides were willing to make compromises on their candidate. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, we, we we talk about how much you know we as a country want to change, and you know we. Oh, I hate that it comes down to these same few candidates in every election. But when you look at you know the candidates who are you know not part of the Democratic Republican establishment, the the Joe Jorgensen's and the and the Howie Hawkins and uh, uh, Bernie Sanders or whoever, uh, well we're not going to vote for that person. And you know, yeah, you go why? Well, you know they're too radical. Well, I mean. Either one change or you don't. And I don't think, I think we, you know, as American people go, oh, we, we want change and we want, you know, other options. But then when we're presented with them, we go, ooh, you know, I don't know about that. That's, that's too far. So it's, to me, it seems like it's one of those things where, we say we want something, but then when we're presented with it, we go, mm, no, I don't actually want it after all. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder, um, I think it was Nixon that was credited with, you know, he talked about this, the silent majority. Um, and so, so what if he was right? And what if, even if, if you, if every American, if it was compulsory to vote, and what if the country was, say, 60, 40 um, Republican or whatever that would end up being. How would that affect things? Does it? I mean, I mean, could we be seeing evidence of that? Like, what if there are just more cons- people that tend to be conservative that tend to not want change? Um, this this is my question: Is how many? I know like one <clears throat> person that I would call what they what they call a shy Trump supporter, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I only really know one person that's shy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anyone else. So but that's where my question is: you, like, Who are these shy people? I mean, I, you know, I think there are yeah. a lot of people th- that you don't come into contact. With. I mean, they're they're people that you don't necessarily come into contact with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have our own you know echo chambers and bubbles to some extent. Sure. Um, and, and that was so, the point Arch made in the first, you, first just podcast because we did. You know, we don't see it. We think it's not there. I've never met a shy Trump supporter. <clears throat> oh, there's plenty. I've, I mean, I think back to my days in, you know, the good old conservative, you know, like rural Northwest Ohio. Um, a lot of people, they just, because they they don't like Trump's, uh, Trumpism. <laughs> they don't like the fact that he is, is flamboyant and you know has had these scandals and and ethically or morally they're not huge fans, um, but uh, they still they're more afraid of a liberal government that would do you know whatever than they're disgusted with Trump. Um, I also have heard a lot of people say that. Uh, you know, both these guys are not spring chickens, so the, they're looking at Pence versus Harris. Um, and Harris is probably left of Biden, by all marks. Pence has a much better record with that voter, the, the conservative, maybe evangelical, maybe not. Um, 
but you know he's going to toe the line. He's going to make sure not much changes. I mean, that's that's him. So I, I think I think just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. We're just not look, we're only looking in our radius. I I think it's also important to remember that when Nixon called them the silent majority, he won both the electoral and the popular vote. Mm-hmm. Trump did not win the popular vote by 3,000 votes last time. So his voters claim they're the silent majority, but really they're the loud minority, um, at least based on the last election results, right? Now this year, but we haven't gotten to California, but Trump's running ahead on the popular vote. So if he gets the popular vote, then yeah, you could claim that they're the majority of the country, obviously. But but until that happens, Nixon, Nixon had the silent majority. Well, but even if with the, the voter outcome or out turnout, that's what I'm looking for, being as high as it is, are we going to hit fifty percent of the electorate that could vote voting? No, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I I don't know that, but I I I think at least fifty will this year. Yeah, I, you don't think? I don't. I don't think so. I think I think at least fifty percent will vote. Yes. We'll see. That's my prediction, but <laughs> we recorded it, so we'll right. See. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was fun. We should. We should. We should do that. <laughs> Does that mean we're we're done? Well, I'm, I'm kind of spent. All right. But if everybody else wants to keep talking, that's fine. Well, what? Give me one more update. How are we doing? I mean, all they're doing now is rambling on about possible paths. This. This reminds me about the this is how Bernie can win crowd at this point. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but Trump, I, I, I'll tell you, Trump is winning the popular vote by almost 3%. That's interesting. But California hasn't chimed in and Texas has, so that may, that may adjust. Okay. Any other comments? Yeah, I, I haven't seen, still haven't seen anything that is really surprising. I'll, Not I'll, yet. Um, I'll revise. I, I had numbers wrong in my head. We'll probably have at least half the country voting for this uh, election. I was going to say. <laughs> I, I I don't know what I was thinking. I was wrong about that. I, I was going to say upwards of 70% even. Well, so the last is... few have been in the mid-50s. Um, yeah. But... So, and, and we're going to see higher. I mean, 70, I don't know. But I still think that's... There's a lot of people that aren't accounted for in that, and I think there's other problems with that. Well, for the one person watching, I just want you to know, I have a YouTube channel, and uh, it is called My Neck of the Woods, and you can watch it, and, uh, you know, I will show you how I'm building a little tiny house, much much like this one, down in the, the woods of Southern Ohio, and uh, if you want to escape, regardless of who wins the election... <laughs> It's a great way to get away. Uh, also, I uh, would like to thank my, my guests tonight. Um, and uh, also, uh, in particular, uh, if you enjoyed his commentary, uh, Jordan Sloan has a GoFundMe right now going on. Uh, oh should we should we tell people about that? I, I don't think, I don't want to mix that with politics. Okay, alright. Well, then never mind. Uh, forget about that. <clears throat> don't give this man any money. And, uh, um, I just don't think it's right to mix that with 
No, I get that. That's fair. Uh, I will mix it, though. If you want to stay at my Airbnb, please do. And uh, uh, let me know. I'll give you a discount. And uh, we got a new Daytonian uh, with David here, right? So, welcome to the city. Thank you. Thank you. D-Y-T. Yeah. Uh, How do you like it so far? Uh, So far, it's great. It's, you know, pretty early on. Mm -hmm. I don't even have a bed yet. (laughs) That'll come in time. It'll come in time. But, you know, that can give you a, a picture of, of uh, my length of time in the city. Right. Well, welcome. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a fellow transplant, so uh, I, I feel you. All right. I mean, it, it grows on you, right? It does. It does indeed. Exactly. Once, yeah. I mean, you know, it just kind of sucks you in is what I say. Okay. So. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. We will. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for being on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll see what happens. And uh, whatever happens, we, we recorded it here. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> for the ages. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, until next time, take care, everybody.